Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Welcome to our April podcast. This is probably one of my most favorite months because the weather here in Arizona is fabulous. It's sunny and breezy and not too hot yet. So it's really a happy time. And I'm going to share some of the happiness with you. And I always do that at the beginning of my show with my honorable mentions. There are so many birthdays this month. And I know these people are listening in because they want to hear their names announced. First of all, my grandson, Alex Stevens, turned six years old yesterday. So I'm going to see him tomorrow and give him more gifts and celebrate him. And his father, my oldest son, Andrew, has his birthday tomorrow. So they're only about two days and uh, 30 years apart. So that's sort of cool with my son and his son. So happy birthday, Andrew. Happy birthday, Alex. Also, April 23rd, Daniel Bunn, who is a friend of mine through his mother, Georgia Bunn, who's been on our show, is having a birthday other birthday celebrations are Dr. John Amaro, Debbie Jenkins, my daughter-in-law, Elias Stevens in Golden Valley, uh, celebrated a birthday earlier this month. Happy birthday. My minister at Unity of Phoenix, Richard Mirage. Eddie Sturman had a birthday. Astarte Barnett, who is my queen of nails. And my best friend forever, sort of like my sister, Maddie Williams, had a birthday. Rick Lewandowski from Michigan, he's one of the elves who helps my practice, had a birthday. Don Mullet and his wife Barbara had have a birthday this month. Hardy Good, David Borneman, John Spears, Donald Pruitt, Jane Gaylord. Boy, I've got more, so many people. Jerry Stadler, General Mick McGuire, happy birthday, Mick. Scott Colson in South Carolina, Teddy McLean in Fountain Hills, Jennifer Adams in California, Jeanette Kirk in Paradise Valley. Lillian Evidenti in Fountain Hills. I think I'm going to do lunch with her next month. Suzanne Stevens in Paradise Valley. Troy Jenkins in Idaho. And Carmen Reno. So happy birthday, all of you. Also celebrations in my family that I acknowledge. We'll we'll probably do one of our shows on marriage and what makes a great marriage. I've got Andrew and Aaron Stevens, my son and his wife, or my daughter in love, celebrated their ninth wedding anniversary this month. I'm also going to do a special plug right now for my second podcast on Voice America, which I launched on February 23rd on the Empowerment Channel, and it's entitled The Widow's Walk, which which launched on February, the last Thursday of the month at 3 p.m. Pacific. And why did I do that? Having been a widow almost four years ago, I realized how badly we need to talk to other widows in part of our recovery. And what better way to do that than to dedicate an entire podcast for a year, at least, to that journey of widowhood. And so our guests are bereavement counselors, ministers. Uh, I've got my estate attorney who will uh, be interviewed on this show the end of the month and other widows who are grieving and, and moving on in their journey. I also will have a special show in June for parents who have lost their children And that's a very small percentage of deaths due to that, but still they grieve. And I think probably one of the most painful losses is to lose your child. So we will also dedicate a show in June with our special guests then. I have a special plug for those listeners in Arizona. I want to promote a special event that the Voice America staff asked me to mention. 
It is the Water Lantern Festival. It's coming to Phoenix, the surprise area, this weekend. It's a magical floating water lantern event, which includes local food trucks, games, activities, vendors, music, and the beauty of thousands of lanterns adorned with letters of love, hope, and dreams reflected upon the water, all happening on Saturday, April 22nd at the Surprise Community Park in Surprise, Arizona. So if you want more information about that local event, go online to www.waterlanternfestival.com. This event has been voted number one best cultural festival by USA Today two years in a row, and it brings communities together and individuals from all ages, backgrounds, and walks of life in one emotional, memorable night. So if you're in Arizona, check it out. So as I mentioned, spring is in the air, and we're coming out of winter, and it springs about rebirth, and the flowers are in bloom, and everybody's allergies are bugging them because they're calling me in clinic. But it's about rebirth and new life and hope and changes in the season, and also reflects, as a metaphor, changes in our lives. But as we know, the only constant in life is change. And so I thought about what other changes can we talk about? We talk about careers. What, why did I think of that? Well, I was watching on the news uh, a week ago the big protest movements in France over the change in the minimum age from 62 to 64. They were trashing everything in Paris. And the French government had proposed raising the legal retirement age from 62 to 64 by 2030. The French Senate voted in favor of raising the retirement age from that to 64. The legislation will require French citizens to work until 64 to qualify for full pension. And the higher retirement age there is intended to tackle a pension funding deficit. So that, that was the ruckus there and, and the protests and everybody being so upset. So then I thought about our country and... What is the average age for retirement in America? Well, as of October 2022, the average U.S. retirement age is 63. So according to the Life Insurance and Market Research Association, 69% of Americans retire by age 66. Roughly 51% retire between the ages of 61 and 65. By 75, 89% of Americans have left the labor force. So deciding to retire from work full-time is, is really a big decision, and I, I speak to my patients a lot about it. My youngest patients in my private practice are 19. My oldest patient is 96. I would say the majority of my patients have retired in their mid-60s. My oldest still working CEO is 87. So I look at that, and, and a lot of it is, you know, it's it definitely personal decision, but it's also what weighs your decision is financial. How much money do you have saved up? Uh, what are the plans? What kind of lifestyle do you want to have? You don't want to round out on money. I mean, that was a concern of some of my patients that, that uh, we're doing such a good job keeping alive, they would run out of money. So one of them had to go back to work to make sure they had mon- enough money to support them. But how long are you going to live? What's your standard of living? So if you figure that out financially and you decide, I'm very fortunate enough to retire, is what they say, what do you do? So I always believe if you decide to retire from your full-time job, you do have a new job, and that is to recreate and recreate yourself. So I love that term. You recreate, as in recreation, and you recreate yourself. 
So in studio, I have a special guest who successfully navigated that, not only retiring for a very successful career, but entering this new chapter where she recreates by traveling and and also recreates herself in philanthropy. And our guest is Laura Ziff. And Laura has been my friend for over 20 years. We met at Mayo Clinic, and I've invited her on this show for a second time, and I'm going to redo her brief bio. Uh, she founded the Associated Asset Management Group in 1990. It's a professional community association management company dedicated to delivering, I love this, total peace of mind. Over the last 32 years, her company has grown to one of the foremost providers of professional community association services in the U.S., with 17 offices in 12 states and over 900 employees. And before then, she gained experience working with leading financial institutions in Phoenix, metropolitan area, and that led her to establish her own community management firm. Her background is in education. Laura was a teacher for nearly a decade. Two of those years she spent in Honduras teaching young children to speak English, and she uses her teaching experience and her amazing communication skills on a regular basis in many of her volunteering efforts, including serving those experiencing homelessness operating under the core fundamental of give back, pay forward, both in her professional career and personal life, Laura has made a weekly commitment since 2017 to volunteer at the Andre House, which serves those who currently experience homelessness in downtown Phoenix. And during her volunteer time, she's a resource for clients who come there for help, and she serves dinner to them, and, and, and just an amazing thing to do that, but she also has been very busy and set getting ready to travel as internationally through the world. Her the world really is Laura's playground and she captures that in her most beautiful photography. So welcome my friend. Welcome Thank to my show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You know, I, I talk about your success in business how old were you when you retired? You oh <laughs> <laughs> you weren't expecting that question. Oh, no, I thought um, <laughs> let me think about it. Well, um, I took in partners in two thousand and five, which gave me more flexibility. Um, and then I officially retired this past summer, but because I have this incredible management team, I've um, been able to really travel and recreate and recreate yeah, yeah. over the last um, eight years. So you've been still active. I mean, yeah, there are yeah. people who never 100% quit working. You're always doing something. Yeah. So I think that's amazing. You've had so many jobs. You've had many positions. And, you know, we, you've shared that. When you decided to retire, you know, finally move away from the business, was was that a tough decision for you? Um, you know, it was my baby. It's my yeah, child. Yeah, it's yeah. like... Uh, yeah, it was, um, I struggled with it. I also, um, I'm very entrepreneurial, so I tried something else. It failed, no surprise. Um, it's been a journey to get to this point where um, when people ask me what I do, my identity isn't the company. So what do you tell them? They say, well, Laura, what, you're a cocktail party. <laughs> so Laura, what do you do? Oh, um, I tell them um, I'm a photographer. I tell them I travel. You don't tell them you're a CEO and founder, do you? No. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of people. Who are you? What is your identity? Yeah, and it took me a long time to let that go, Mm -hmm. and it's gone. That's okay. You embrace your new self. I think that's wonderful that you've done that. And since you've been retiring full-time doing this, you've been very active, engaged, and busy in life. Do you mind sharing some of what you do? Pardon? You know, share share a little bit about the travel and the things that you've done. 
Oh, let's see. Um, no, I don't mind at all. Let me think about it. So when I was young, um, I, I've always, always wanted to travel. And um, I taught, I thought I was going to teach my way around the world. I started out in Honduras and um, traveled all over Central and South America. And then um, Scott, who was my husband, and I married in 1990. And he was very, very entrepreneurial too. But more importantly, we were both really pass passionate about travel. We said we wouldn't do birthday gifts. We wouldn't do anniversary gifts. We would just travel. And we did. And so in order for me to do that, I needed to start my own company um, because I needed more than two weeks off every year. So even when I had the company, we were still active and traveling. Um, yeah. So how many countries have you been to now? Uh, so that's a really interesting question. I never kept track, but then people started asking me. Mm -hmm. So I started keeping track. And there's this great app. It's called Bean, B-E-E-N. It's free. I, one of the kids told me about it. Anyway, um, and it keeps track of the country, so I don't have to count them. So this past summer was um, the Congo and Central African Republic. That was 101 and 102 countries. And then I'm going to, um, I think you can count Singapore as a country. It's an mm -hmm. island state. And then Borneo, which mm -hmm. is the third largest um, island in the world, I'm going to that on, to them on Sunday. So it'll be like 103 and 104, 104 and 105. So I'm even sure. as we speak, you're packing. What, what, do you, what do you pack? How do you pack for this? <laughs> as little as possible. Because I asked you if you check in a bag, and you do. Yeah. So um, the reason I check in a bag is because of liquids. Because if you're going for an extended period of time, you need more than three ounces of something, right? And so um, the challenge, if it's all one temperature, it's easy. It's easy to pack for. There, there's laundry everywhere in the world. I mean, yeah. you can get laundry done. If it's two different temperatures, it's really challenging. But yeah. I've gotten very, very good at it. And I don't, you know, we don't need all that. Stuff. stuff that we collect simplify we huh? don't need them yeah. and so yeah and i don't care if i wear the same pants but you bring your cameras that that's, that, that's a, the heavy one that yeah i probably have about um i've had it weighed before depending how many lenses and if there's a tripod probably 25 to 30 pounds what type of camera do you use it's a nikon it's your favorite um, I have a love-hate relationship with it. I used <laughs> Canon forever, which I love. That was my old camera, yeah. AE-1. Yeah. yeah, and now um, at the time when I switched to Nikon, they were ahead of the pack in terms of pixels and yeah. D850. So now I've switched to their um, – I don't buy jewelry. I buy cameras. <laughs> yeah, well, I buy jewelry yeah, and cameras. Yeah, buy, I, yeah I buy jewelry. You know that. <laughs> I know. Do you use your iPhone at all? You use, I do. Is and it I am good resolution? I am. And I'm absolutely convinced that within 10 years, except I love, I love the challenge of the camera, but I'm convinced within 10 years, you know, I'm not sure. You love the lens, the way yeah. you turn it and twist it. Yeah. And you do, but it's all on a, on a, there's a disc or what do you, what do you have in there? A cartridge? They don't I have, have a, film. There's a disc that goes inside for the pictures, right. but the whole thing about 
figuring out the lighting, yeah. figuring out the, um, the, F-stop the and settings the, yeah. and the aperture and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Gone are the days of the dark rooms where you, you yes. dip the film and all that. But that's really interesting you bring that up because um, I went into a store the other day, Wilson Camera, which mm-hmm. is in Old Scottsdale. There's one. I think there's still one in um, like 32nd Camelback. I'm not sure. Maybe not. Anyway, and it had all switched to film. Really? Like the, you can buy film from there? And all the, the developing. Role? And I oh. said, what's the deal here? I was yeah. just going in to get a camera strap. And the owner said, during COVID, mm-hmm. all the young people got back into developing their own pictures. And I'm telling you, it was packed with young people. It's amazing. Do, all the places, they teach the old way, yeah. way of developing film. And then vinyl, vinyl music yep. is coming back with yep. stores doing that. So we're going back to the old ways, right? Yes. Um Yes. Going back to your trips, mm-hmm. as you look back, were, were there trips that were particularly memorable to you that just stand oh, out? Oh, I think people always ask me, what's your favorite trip? And I always, I always tell them the exact same thing. Uh, my favorite trips are wherever I am at the moment. Uh-huh. Um, You're such a diplomat. Well, no, but it's <laughs> true. In the it's now. It's true. That's your right? favorite place so, in the world. But. India is truly one of my favorite countries. I just came back from 30 days there and had the opportunity to celebrate the Festival of Holi, which is the Festival of Colors. And oh my gosh, it was extraordinary. And to the day I die, it will be one of my top memories. Um, In a country of what, 1.4 billion people, about 70% of the population is Hindu, and they're all celebrating. And um, they, Holly celebrates um, spring and the opportunity for new beginnings. Well, what's the color? What do they do with the colors? So every morning, um, that we don't, I don't usually travel like with a group or a, you know, but for Holly, we needed to do a guide um, because it was just too overwhelming. So, um, Every morning, they'd give you a new pair of, like, white pajamas, like a top and pair of pants. And it's really a celebration for the children, too. And the children hide out, like if you're in a going down the street, and then they throw all this colored powder at you. <laughs> and so um, it was just insane. And when I did the um, participate, we celebrated three different ways. When I participated in the celebration in... Jaipur, um, the um, I, I was probably the only American female there, and I'm tall, and everybody's happy, and they had no boundaries. They so, come up and touch you? No, they all wanted a picture with me. Oh, yeah. I, like this, I would never, ever, ever take a selfie of myself. It would never occur to me to take a picture of myself, and. They're all like taking pictures of me. They're streaming me on Facebook. They're streaming me on Instagram. It was hilarious. Well, I've seen your pictures on Facebook of that that festival and others, and it's it's those are beautiful. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. It it was lovely, and the best part of celebrating Holly was our guide was this wonderful, wonderful man. and at the end, he took us to, I think it was his brother or his cousin's house. And we went up on the roof and there were like probably seven children and all his family members. And we re-celebrated Holly with everybody throwing paint and celebrating. And it's just one day of celebration? No, well, it's, um, 
it's they celebrate for maybe a week, but there's a couple days that are definitely paint days. And the interesting thing is we were supposed to um, celebrate on March 8th originally. And then I get this panic, not panic, but this email from the guide going, the uh, government has gotten together, the tourism board has gotten together, and all the religious people have gotten together. The stars are not in alignment. And so we have to celebrate on the 7th. Can you Mm -hmm. make it? And I'm thinking... That's what we need to do in the United States. Right. You know, we just need to make sure the stars are in alignment for everything, right? Yeah. When John was alive, we we flew all night to India. Uh Uh-huh. And we had gone to, he was signing a contract with Mm -hmm. a big auto company, and they had to wait at a certain time at night at a beachfront property to sign the contract. Yes. Because everything was aligned. Absolutely. Is in alignment. Absolutely. It was all about the stars. Let the stars guide you. So So from your travel... I have... Oh, go ahead. Oh, and I have one other favorite country, if I may, Mm -hmm. and that would be Kenya. Um, Seeing the great migration with the wildebeest and the zebras, it is truly the greatest show on earth. It is like Mother Nature and the universe and whatever else you you fly over on helicopter? Um, Use a chopper. You can do it on helicopter, but you can also... um, They cross the rivers... And so you wait for them to cross the river. And what happens is there's a lead wildebeest. And like he waits, I guess, till the stars are aligned. They know. And so while he's waiting, literally it can be hundreds of thousands back up behind him for somehow they don't you don't hear the sounds do they they just know instinctively oh it's so noisy oh it is okay noisy and dusty and you see the crocodiles waiting um (laughs) for them to cross lunch so yeah it was very cool kenya's an amazing well you sent me that clip and it was unbelievable to see the great migration was that the first time you saw it um i had seen it but not um it there's no guarantee you're going to see it. This is the first time I had really seen it. I mean, it can be 15 crossing. Now, where are they all going? Um, they go on a circle. It's a, it's a circle. It's a circle of life. It's, um, they go from Tanzania to Kenya to Tanzania. They follow the rain. They follow the grass. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's it was the amazing. things that they that happen in nature that yeah. they, there's no memo that gets sent no, out. They all like, just know. How do they know that? Yeah, it's like the... All the migrations that happen, they sense that. Yeah. yeah. So you, you've, your photography is incredible. Did you study you. photography? How did you get no, to be I'm so a, good? No, I'm afraid if I um, take classes, I'll, <laughs> I'll blow it. No, you're an overachiever. You'll do so well. You'll do it no. as a next career. No, I'll just, um, I've just always, always loved it. I've always, um, when I was much younger and did a whole lot more hiking, I would carry a Canon point and shoot in my pocket. And so I could hike and um, I just love photography. And some people, a lot of my friends, they journal. I don't like writing is not my thing, but I feel like it's my journal. You yeah. know, my, you're very visual. My, yeah, I'm extremely Because the way visual. you've you've had some, and it's too bad we're not on, on podcast, uh-huh. you know, visual. Because some of the pictures you've had are so striking with color and black and mm-hmm. white. You mix both yeah. forms, both mediums with that. Yeah. And I thought yeah. that's pretty it's very, very talented to do it. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break sure. in the middle of this program. We'll take a quick break, commercial break, and then we'll come back with Laura Ziff talking about 
her lessons in life in this chapter and all the things she's learned and, and shared with us. So stay tuned on Dr. Connie's talking about retirement and life after and recreating and recreating. So stay tuned on House Calls. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the president of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families, Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano, this is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. My special guest returning for the second time, Laura Ziff, who is like the world traveler, over 103 (laughs) countries and going back for more, successfully retired. And really, this is her new life on the road and, and creating and recreating and touching lives and learning so much. You know, you, you talked about the Great Migration. You talked about going to Africa. Um, what, have you, what have you learned from these travels? Oh, my gosh. Um, so it seems like such a cliche these days. You know, everybody wants to be mind- – and I'm not making light of it. I am not – to be mindful or to be in the moment and to travel – and really enjoy yourself, you need to be in the moment. Um, You have to. Otherwise, you might as well stay home. You know, if you're on your phone and texting, if you're um, doing drama in your head about something that happened previously, you might as well stay home. Don't waste your money, right? So um, I've learned to be in the moment. When I'm looking through the camera viewfinder, I have to be in the moment. If I like blink for a nanosecond, I blow my picture. I'm, it, it's gone. It's gone. I won't get the photo that I want. Um, so I've learned to truly enjoy every moment and the simple pleasures of each trip. I appreciate greatly that I'm blessed to be able to do that, but why not enjoy it? You know, why ruin it? Um, I have also learned how you asked me about packing. I've learned how to pack light. (laughs) Um, As long as it's all one temperature, I'm good. When it's two different, like I'm going to two different climates, it's not so easy. 
Um, but, you know, I really don't need all the makeup and clothes and sho- shoes and jewelry. And I think the most important thing that I've learned is that, um, and I can give you an example of it. My mother always said, and her mother always said, and probably your mother and everybody's mother, this too shall pass, right? Um, And it's so true. I was flying home from India last week and the plane sat on the tarmac for two hours before we took off, which means I'm going to miss my connections, even though I had three hours, because it it was just a a mess. So, and the reason it sat on the um, tarmac was we were all good to go. The pilot was good to go. The airport in Delhi had lost the airplane's paperwork. So the pilot kept coming on and he was not a happy man. Mm -hmm. He wanted to go fly his airplane. Anyway, half the people on the plane, myself included, we just kept reading our books or listening to music. Mm -hmm. The other half, you could hear them. They were turning it into such a drama. You know, we all were going to miss connections. We all needed to get somewhere. And all that drama didn't cause them to get there any faster. And all it did was totally stress their body, which you as a doctor can tell us why we shouldn't do that, right? Um, So uh, for years and years and years, I have um, always said, um, if I've said it once, I've said it a million times. Um, If you're not growing, you're dying. Or I say, life is short and then you die. So the question is, are you going to do it like being full of drama or are you going to enjoy yourself? We're only here a really short time. Yeah, that's you very know? wise. It's, a, it's really how you react because yeah, you life sh- is about challenges. How do you behave? One of the, when couples come to me and they go, <laughs> should I marry that person or should I date that person? I said, go on an f- overseas trip with them mm-hmm. because then you'll know how they handle change, how yep. they handle disappointment, how they handle discomfort. Yes. Right? What yes. kind of attitude they have, how they treat other people who are lesser stationed in life. So how do you judge somebody? What do they like when they don't get things they want? Yeah, right? exactly. And you saw their behavior. If you miss your flight, you know what? I'll be okay. And You'll be okay. And I'm there were probably, this. what, 280 people on this big, huge Boeing? Right. We all missed our flight. Right. We'll make change. You brace it. There's a reason it happened. And you know what? What are you going to do? Yeah. Shout and scream and make it miserable yeah. for everybody else. And when it's for mechanical problems? What are you going to do? Fight it? I'm really glad they're on the yeah. ground. They're, be sa- they're being safe. <laughs> exactly. They're being safe. Exactly. Have you had any scary moments when you travel? Um, I you have travel had alone a lot two. as a woman. I have had two. Um, One was I was live. It was very scary. I was living in Central America in Honduras. I don't know if I've ever told you Mm -hmm. this story. And I was teaching school, and I was living um, in a in a beach town, and I needed to get to San Pedro Sula, which Mm -hmm. is like the second largest city. And I was on a bus, and I was like 20-something, and my hair was very, very short. Anyway, these police, and I was, it was kind of cool, even though it was the equator. And so, um, and I had a hat on, and the police came on the bus, they stopped the bus, and they grabbed me. 
they took me off oh my gosh. Um, and they took a couple other people off and they thought I was someone else oh and I gosh. wasn't. And then when they realized, they were like, Ugh, you know, and they let me go. But you speak fluent Spanish. Mm, no, nope. I got really fluent at the moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you had your American <laughs> like, passport. Like, stop. You probably thought oh. you were a Peace Corps. Yeah. Anyway, so they had the wrong person, but it was scary. And the other time um, was incredibly scary. I was um, going down the Amazon at the time with my husband, Scott, the three kids, their spouses, and six grandchildren. So there were 14 the of us. The whole family. We were in two big Zodiacs. And every bone in my body said we shouldn't do this yeah. trip. We got to the water and we had gone to the Amazon, theoretically, during the dry season. There had been a monsoon that night before. And um, the waves were crashing, and there were big trees coming down. Anyway, um, so we were supposed to, in the brochure, it was supposed to take us four hours to raft down this lovely river and have a lunch, right? And I'm looking at that river, and I'm thinking, no way. Anyway, we get in the raft and we're following a kayaker and there's two, um, there's two Zodiacs. Appreciate that my husband had Parkinson's, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And we divided up the kids and everybody. Our raft was first and it flipped. Oh, no. And it flipped. Oh, no. And I have never been so scared in my life and I'm very claustrophobic. Anyway, it went over us. Um, we let go of the paddles. The guide, the guide had had, he said that it never flips, but just in case he had the Zodiac like bungee corded mm -hmm. to himself. So he pulled it back over and they started pulling us out of the water into the river. The four hour trip took us 45 minutes. That's oh. how fast. So we went from like class one waves to class five. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I wow. thought I thought we were all going to die. Wow. That was really scary. It wasn't time yet. And note to self, follow your gut. Yeah, you Don't haven't... go in the river when you think you shouldn't. Yeah, but... just listen to that little voice that's yeah. just, you know, it's something about intuition. Yeah. Just don't go there. If you sense it, that, there's a reason. And there were six grandkids. They were all boys. And they're going like, oh, cool, cool. Let's go yeah. do this. And I'm like, uh. uh so, yeah. yeah. You just had a feeling about yeah. it. So how do you decide where to go next? Like, you're, you want to share where you're going next? Um, yes. On Sunday, I'm leaving for Borneo. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm leaving for Singapore, um, which I'm very excited about. I've never been there for like three days, three and a half days. And then we're going to um, Borneo to see the orangutans and the proboscis monkeys. There's no culture, which I, my my passion is actually taking pictures of people. But um, it'll be really interesting. Tell us about the monkeys. Oh, my God. If, if you're listening to this, you need to Google, Google it. Yeah. proboscis monkeys. They are hilarious. Even their pictures Your make noses. me laugh. They have these, like Jimmy Durante, if you're old enough to know who he is, giant noses. noses and they're about two feet tall and about 50 pounds. And then we're going to an orangutan orphanage. So, oh, my God. Yeah. See I can't babies. wait to see those folks. Yeah. So after that, where to? What's on your? T where have you not been to uh, that you want to go to? So the next trip for me will be in November, and it's a trip I've wanted to do for a very long time. It's to Ethiopia, to the Omo Valley, to 
um, photographs the the tribes and specifically the women. Um, and then I'm really um, Japan is truly on my list, but the plan when Scott and I were married and especially now is um, to do the physically hard trips first right. while I can because right. you never know what's going to happen. So Japan is in my bucket of not so hard to do. So what's so, rigorous? I mean, have you done Kilimanjaro? Have you yeah, done? Yeah. I, I, for my 55th birthday, I um, summited Kilimanjaro. Oh my gosh. And we were the old ladies on the uh, mountain. My girlfriend, um, Kathy, was 60 and Jenny was 52. And we made it. That's amazing. We to made do. it to the top. Have you ever done El Camino or thought of no, doing El Camino? No, I want to. It's 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 on my list. And the other one I have done is I've done the um, Machu Picchu mm-hmm. Trail. Mm-hmm. So that was like my first introduction. And then Cinque Terre. Yeah, yeah. I always wanted to do Everest, but now it's just like a parking lot. It's <laughs> Everybody's there. It's like they bring their cappuccino machines. But so. in the U.S., any particular places that you like to go to in the U.S.? So... Um, yes, for I really want to go to the Tetons. They're supposed to be absolutely yes, beautiful. They're beautiful. And one of my, I have two dream trips. One is to, um, and again, it'll be when I'm older, is to drive across the United States and take a year and go to every state. Mm-hmm. And I would like to do the same thing in Europe. Good. Yeah. You've got all this coming up. It's so. Yeah. Do you plan it yourself? Do you have an agent who, who does so, it? So, um, all the trips other than Africa, mm-hmm. I plan them. Mm-hmm. For Africa, I've found a wonderful company. Um, they're a great company, Oryx Photo Tours, and they specialize in photography. And so um, the reason I use them is they're, like, their guides know where to go to see the um, Great Migration. You know, I tried in the past and missed it, and their guides are just incredibly experienced. So, so when you go, do you, a lot of times are you by yourself, or do you bring your spouse, or you bring um, girlfriends? Or? Um, it depends. I've done a lot of travel. I've traveled through most of South America by myself. I've been to Africa by myself a number of times. Um, I'm going to Ethiopia by myself. And I also travel with my spouse, Yvonne. Yeah. So you get to do the world, yeah. really, yeah. which is exciting for that journey, but you're comfortable. You know, I, I have a lot of women friends and widows who are very, just don't want to travel alone. Yeah. So they usually get other friends to go with them. Yeah. With that yeah. experience. And I've gone with girlfriends. Yeah. Um, it's got to be ne- a special friend. Next summer, I'm taking um, some grandkids with me. And so, yeah. Have you thought of writing a book about your experiences to do that? No, I'm not a writer, but I have thought about publishing a book of photographs. Because your books are f- fantastic. They're oh, phenomenal. They're, I mean, I wish we were, were audio, not visual, but oh, just to be able to do yeah. that. What have you learned about the people and the culture when you travel? You know, um, people always ask me, do you ask permission to take pictures? And my answer is always yes. Mm-hmm. And what I have found is, you know, it's so interesting to me. In the United States, so much focuses on how we look. Mm-hmm. And when I'm traveling, so many people have never even seen how they look. 
Mm. They don't have mirrors. No selfies? (laughs) No selfies, no mirrors. And so I always ask people if I can take a picture. And then I show them the picture. And, like, they have giant smiles. And I have found, you know, if if you approach people just with a smile i mean yeah. you know universal sign is yeah. smile yeah yeah and they're lovely and i truly with um the women in africa they they are amazing and i'm sounding like i'm stereotyping but you know their life is not so simple as yeah, ours it's and yet the biggest hugs the biggest smiles so welcoming and in india just now the rabari who are sheep herders they're a caste of the hindus um these men they just welcomed us they just welcomed us so yeah what what an amazing life that you have and you come back and i mean the longest you've been away is maybe a month you think no the longest was where did i go last summer in Greece, and then yeah, no, it, I've gone about ninety days. Oh, has wow. been the longest. That is so. When you come back, do you have any particular rituals when you when you come back to the U.S.? I hug. Home? I hug my dog. I make sure she still loves me. <laughs> so I'll be mad at you. Where have you been? I, let me tell you. She gives me the cold shoulder shoulder for twenty four hours, forty eight hours, depending. Um, and the funny thing is, when I come home, I don't. I don't turn on the news. I don't turn on the radio. Like I love the silence because mm-hmm. it's it's noisy when I'm traveling. Yeah. You know, sleep and, in your own bed. Yeah, clean water. Yeah. First thing I do is um, I'm this crazy person that has to have everything unpacked before I go to sleep. Right. And so yeah, it's a wonderful thing to get back. I yeah. mean, you know, you have stayed so sharp, so active. I see I, one of the things I like to look at is longevity mm-hmm. and the people who keep active in the sense yeah. that they're moving. You're, it's physically it's challenging. It's very physical. To navigate airports the way they are nowadays and then to, to to run around countries the way you do, you have to be in good shape. Yeah. There comes a point with a lot of my patients, once they hit their mid-80s to 90s, they don't travel anymore. Yes. They pretty much isolate. Yes. None of my 90-year-olds travel. They yeah. pretty much are done. So I was in a gym this morning because when I come home, so I I have to do weights because I have to be able to hold the camera. And this gym that I was in, there were two other people. It's very small. And one person was 96. She was on the treadmill and the other was 95. And he had just celebrated his birthday. That's, a, that's awesome. Yeah. That's what you want to see. Yeah. I want to be them. Right. I think a lot of it is attitudinal. They have a mm-hmm. good attitude towards life. They accept a lot of things, and they're, they they look forward to things. And they keep moving. They keep moving. Yeah. Somebody once said, I think I shared with you, to have a good life, you have to have three things. Something to do, mm-hmm. someone to love, mm-hmm. something to look forward to. Absolutely. And you have all those things. I do. You know, maintains your good health. You know, I, is, when you're traveling, is there anything about the U.S. that you miss when you're in another country? Um. I miss my friends, and this year, so I don't make New Year's resolutions because I think they get broken, but I kind of set goals. Mm-hmm. And so this year, my resolution, because I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling, was to um, make the effort to 
stay in communication with my friends and, and you family. are you, you're yeah. good about texting although yeah. it's you know the time zone I is know, like I know. four o'clock in the morning <laughs> Laura, oh laura's where oh she's in that country yeah no but, but it's okay your friends yeah. like to hear from me because yeah. they don't and then you, you pl- you're good about planning getting together with people lunch or dinner when they yeah. get back and how long does it take you to recover from a trip when um, you get back it depends um this one from india I didn't have any um, choices. I had to hit the ground running. And yeah. so, and I was so exhausted because I was flying for an extra 36 yeah. hours that, um, because I missed the connections, that um, I just fell asleep. And so I, it's the strangest thing. This first, I didn't have jet lag, but yeah, I think it's because yeah. I was so tired. Right, you were really tired. Yeah, but it, it takes me a couple days. Well, you're such, you know, part of it's just being a good sport and being flexible and yeah. then, and definitely being in the now. Yeah. But, you know, you, 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 are, you maintain your activity. And so I, the people who are interesting, you always have something to talk about. Yeah. You have such a great support network of friends yeah. that, that it matters. And I, I look at, you know, this phase of, re, quote, retirement because we have totally changed it completely. People mm-hmm. are still in the workplace. I don't. Somebody asked me if I plan to retire from mm-hmm. medicine. And I said, well, I'm retired from the Navy. <laughs> I've been retired for 21 yeah. years. Yeah. So this is my next gig. And, you know, if you can stay current in your practice and mm-hmm. you love what you do and the people, I think that's my prevention against dementia. Absolutely. You know, everybody is interesting. There's always something new. You're always relevant in the sense that mm-hmm. there's whatever you're studying in medicine is going to apply to somebody. And the essence really is that you can help people, yes. which is which is so rewarding to be able to make a difference in people's lives. And I think the most important word you just said, and I use it all the time, is relevance. Because especially with COVID and people being in the houses, I have many friends that are my age and older. Um, and they just have become so insular. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they just... They don't go outside. They their, silo. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, they go to Sprouts. They go home and, you know. It's the rigidity. And yeah. I think when I, my elderly patients mm-hmm. with the cognitive impairment, I see them as struggling with embracing new information. Mm-hmm. They can't adopt new technology, new ideas, new thoughts. You change them and they're confused. Mm-hmm. And so if you keep physically active, number one thing that they see and longevity is physical activity. Mm-hmm. And they, as they've said, uh, researchers have said, sitting is the new smoking. Oh. The longer you're sedentary, wow. it increases your risk for heart disease, stroke, dementia. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, what do people die from in this country? Heart disease, stroke, and dementia. You know, cancer is there too, but it's, you know, we'll be able to identify it sooner. Manage but by the it. time people are having symptoms of dementia, it already started about 10 to 15 years ago. Wow. And there are tests now that can detect it mm-hmm. early. Questions do you really want to know? Mm-hmm. And can you do anything about it? But I see, you know, your quality of life, you know, you live a fabulous life. Would I always love to ask my patients, would you do what would make life better? Is there mm-hmm. anything you would do differently? Mm-mm. I mean no. every step of the way. Ha- happy gal. Yeah. I mean you've 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 navigated beautifully, happily retired, happily done the things you wanted to do. So yeah. so what what's left on your bucket list? Um, for travel, definitely Asia, um, and personally, which I haven't quite wanted to do it yet because I don't want it to become work, but I do want to do something with my photography. I'd love to get it into galleries, um, 
I I need to work through that. It's like in the back of my mind and mm-hmm. um you know, there's a lot I'd like to do with it. And oh, yeah. Yours I, is definitely I, professional quality that people would yeah, buy. They yeah. would commission that. Yeah. And, and I've sold pieces. I've definitely sold yeah. pieces. But um, I I just need to get my arms around it because I, I don't want it. It's something I love passionately. But you don't want to make another job. And I don't want to create another job. Yeah. yeah. Because you already, your job is to enjoy your life. So yeah, I'm we're going to wind down for this show. It, it you, you give a lot of hope. To, to those who see you. that you don't have to work forever, but what, if you do what you love, it's not really work, is it? Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're thinking, you're active, you're moving, you're interacting with people, you're making a difference in their lives. So we're going to sign off on our April show as people figure what they want to do in life as they get through all the challenges we have and, and offer you that hope and, and joy that there are adventures that lay ahead if you just recreate and recreate what you want to do in the future. So Thanks for tuning tuning in on our April House Calls with Dr. Connie and Laura Ziff. So safe travels to you all out there. We'll talk to you next month. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. Thanks for having me. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week.